August 3rd. Today's New Testament reading will come from the book of Romans, chapter 16, verses 10 through 27. You know, we're prone to honor Paul and forget the many ordinary people who helped make his ministry possible. Paul was the human author of the epistle to the Romans, but Tertius wrote it down. Gaius gave Paul a place to live and work, and Phoebe, well, she carried the completed letter to Rome. Nobody in God's family is unimportant to him, and no ministry is insignificant. Find the work he wants you to do, and then faithfully do it. There is a a hidden romance of history that's not recorded in the Bible. When and how did Priscilla and Aquila risk their lives to save Paul? When were Adronicus and Junia in prison with Paul? How was Rufus's mother a mother to Paul? Uh, Who were the troublemakers about to whom Paul warned the Roman believers? Well, perhaps one day in heaven we will be uh, given uh, the answers, but for now the scripture just hints at uh, some of these people and their involvement in Paul's life. Meanwhile, the important thing is that we are obedient to the Lord and lead others into obedience to the faith. The God of patience and comfort, the God of hope, and the God of peace will establish you and enable you. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. August 3rd, Romans chapter 16, verses 10 through 27. Give my Paul's greetings to Apelles, a good man in whom Christ approves, and give my best regards to the members of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet the Christians, in the household of Narcissus. Say hello to Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. And please give my greetings to Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who are with them, Give my greetings to Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and to Olympus and all the other believers who are with them. Greet each other in Christian love. All the churches of Christ send you their greetings. And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things that are contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to see clearly what is right and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, and Sassipater, my relatives, send you their good wishes. I, Tertius, the one who is writing this letter for Paul, send my greetings too as a Christian brother. Gaius says hello to you. I'm his guest, and the church meets here in his home. Erastus, the city treasurer, sends you his greetings— and so does Cortus, a Christian brother. 
God is able to make you strong, just as the good news says. It is the message about Jesus Christ and His plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now, as the prophets foretold, and as the Eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere, so that they might believe and obey Christ. To God, who alone is wise, be the glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you ever struggle in your faith? I want you to know that your struggles in faith, they, they mean something really significant. A couple of years ago, there was some major flooding in Louisiana. Uh, Josh is a guy who lives in Baton Rouge who was affected by the major flooding, and like many others, as the water started to rise one feet, two feet, three feet, up to eight feet, he got into a boat so that he could stay alive. And as he was riding in his boat through the city streets, he looked off in the distance and he saw a bush that was shaking. And as he got closer, he discovered why it was shaking. There was a dog that was trapped underneath that bush, trying to tread water. Its nose and its eyes were just barely above the water, and it was obviously working very hard to try and tread water. And so Josh went over to this bush and set the dog free, grabbed the bush, and threw him you know, in, into, the, into the bottom of his boat, and the, bo- and the dog just collapsed from exhaustion. Josh didn't know for how long the dog had been struggling. It was obviously a very long time. But you know something? We know what it would have meant if the dog had stopped struggling. It would have meant that the dog had given up hope of any good future ever happening. And in that sense, a struggle is a good thing. A struggle is a sign of hope, just like it is with your faith. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus said this. He said, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. That phrase, make every effort, literally means to struggle. And so Jesus wants you to struggle. He expects you to struggle because he knows what it means that we struggle. You know, if a person stops struggling against sin and against temptation, if they live in the present as if they believe there is no good future waiting for them, you know what that means? It means that something very significant is missing from their life. It means they're missing hope. But hope is exactly what we have, not because of our struggles, but because our Jesus chose to struggle under a heavier weight of sin, under more aggressive assaults of temptation than you and I have ever experienced. Just so you and I and everyone everyone else who fails in our faith so easily and so often could live with the truth that we're forgiven of anything that might ever make us ashamed to stand in front of him. When you start to feel down about your struggles, just ask yourself this. Did that happen? Did Jesus die? Were your sins forgiven? Did he rise from the dead? Is he preparing a place for you in heaven? And notice that the best way to address your struggles in faith, the best way to address your fear about them, is not to look at yourself. Because if you shine the spotlight on yourself and focus on how good you are, on how much you believe, on how far you've come, or on how much better you are than other people around you, man, you'll be so full of yourself, you'll never fit through the narrow door of heaven. But if you shine the spotlight on Jesus... And just look at who he is and what he did. Then you will always see yourself as someone that God has already chosen to love both here on earth and forever in heaven. And you will always find reasons to keep going in your struggling. Today we'll be reading from Psalm 26, verses 1 through 12, where we are called on to examine ourselves. Is your life what it ought to be? Well, let God test your mind and heart in your walking, standing, and sitting. 
Are you keeping yourself clean? Sometimes God allows the enemy to attack us just to make us uh, take time for a personal inventory. We are to focus on the Lord. If you look at others, you'll be upset. And if you look at yourself too long, you may get discouraged. So focus your attention on the Lord. He alone is worthy. Match your defects with His perfections and claim what you need from Him. And oh yes, keep serving the Lord. See, the enemy wants nothing better than to upset you and get you on a detour. And of course, as we know, there's a lot in life to upset us. Well, continue to walk faithfully with the Lord and serve Him. Come what may, don't give up. Bless the Lord and don't complain. God will vindicate you in His time and in His own way. There's an old saying that says, Look at others and be distressed. Look at self and be depressed. Look at Jesus and you'll get blessed. Psalm 26, verses 1 through 12, a psalm of David. Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and affections. For I am constantly aware of your unfailing love. For I have lived according to your truth. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gatherings of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your miracles. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glory shines. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with wicked schemes, and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like that. I do what is right. So in your mercy, save me. I have taken a stand, and I will publicly praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. A gossip tells secrets, so don't hang around with someone who talks too much. <laughs>